broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. And welcome to Chattanooga Business Radio. Brian Joyce, that is my name, and I am the host of the show. We are broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center in downtown Chattanooga. And my guest on today's show is a gentleman by the name of Marcel Schwantes. And Marcel is an executive coach. He's a leadership trainer. He's an entrepreneur. He is an L.A. Dodgers fan. He's also a husband and a father. And he's the founder of Leadership from the Core, which is the only servant leadership development boutique in Chattanooga. That's dedicated to growing leaders and healthy work cultures. Marcel, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. So let's talk about leadership from the core. In a nutshell, what is your organization and what do you do? Well, you said it well. Leadership from the core's main existence is to come in and assess organizational culture. And we do that through assessments. And then we uh, make a case for uh, transforming your workplace by doing leadership development. And then the coaching piece kicks in. And, uh, and then we help to uh, transform cultures. We're going to get into a more specific conversation here about servant leadership. But uh, when you look at leadership in general, if you could, what are some of the, the qualities of a good leader? What makes a good leader? I think first and foremost, you have to have influence. And what we're finding in today's uh, relationship economy is that those, the, those leaders that actually can influence others through relationships, through uh, getting to know their people well, those are the ones that are really going to, uh, I think, do well in this, uh, in this, like I said, this relationship economy. It's, it's a, we're, we're in this social era right now of doing business, so that's really important. So a relationship economy, I would assume then, communication, this would be key. Communication is very key. Uh, I think that's uh, one of the, it's the backbone of uh, building uh, strong and healthy relationships in the workplace. Let's talk about servant leadership. Tell our listeners a little bit about what servant leadership is and what it's not and what are some of the common misconceptions about it. Well, I know it's funny. It's, uh, I get this a lot. Servant leadership is not uh, by any stretch a, 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 new, a new thing, a new philosophy. In fact, it's been around for centuries. Um, it just so happened that a guy by the name of Robert Greenleaf took the, the term servant leadership and applied it to the modern workplace, modern corporate, uh, in a corporate setting. And after he researched for many, many years, the applications and the benefits of a servant leader to uh, get the best out of their people, to get people to trans, uh, to perform at the highest level. And so in 1970, Robert Greenleaf wrote his famous essay, The Servant, Le- servant as a Leader. And, uh, and then from that point on, other people began to take notice that, hey, you know what, this is a philosophy that uh, right. a company could, could, could become, could aspire to become to lead others. And uh, what the research is saying is that servant-led uh, companies actually translate to better performance overall, and it, it impacts your bottom line. So just to sort of clarify this, to drill down on this, so servant leadership more or less is, is the, uh, the idea, the notion that not only is the leader of a business uh, the leader of his employees, but he's also a servant to them. He should have that kind of a relationship, he or she. That's right. And even as your listeners probably listen to that, they're going, well, you know what? That sounds a little bit too, uh, you know, paradoxical. And that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, How can you lead and serve at the same time? Well, 
Jim Collins did his famous uh, research in his book, Good to Great, and he calls the, the best leaders are the ones that have fierce resolve. But guess what? The other side of the coin is they have humility, right? right. There's the paradoxical. And right. same with uh, servant leaders. You lead by serving first. So it's a, it's a real upside-down pyramid where you're supporting the people above you by lifting them up and, and giving them opportunities to learn and develop themselves so they, they can succeed. And so going back through the history of this, and I, I think you were just talking about this, this is a movement that that happened uh, within the past couple of decades, mm-hmm. I think. But let's just sort of go back through the history of this, because certainly uh, through the Industrial Revolution and up until the early 20th century, you know, you think of the big boss man. The boss man is the very rich and distant and out-of-touch man who sits in the glass office, you know, overlooking the floor, and nobody communicates with right. him. And so when was it that... Uh, business leaders and academics started to come together and say to themselves, you know, there might be a better way of doing this. I think uh, the Gallup organization has probably a lot to do with uh, helping us see things differently because they're doing all of the research that keeps saying that uh, uh, America's workers have not been engaged for the last 15 years. And if you look at the stats, only 30% of U.S. workers are actually engaged. Right. The, the needle has not moved. And, uh, and so... Gallup is saying that, that the best managers are the ones that are constantly taking the pulse of the employees and asking, what do you need? And, uh, and so that, that kind of became a, a catalyst for other, other businesses, leaders, and, and, and organizations in, across industries to finally tap into, hey, you know what? I think um, this whole command and control style leading, this, right. this whole top-down approach, I think that, that's gone by, by the wayside. We need to find out a different approach, especially with all of these millennials coming in. Sure. This is a different breed of animal. Absolutely. And they need to, uh, uh, they, they respond to a different type of leadership. And I think that's the servant leaders are great for, uh, if you want to bring in millennials into your workforce to infuse into the, uh, into the workplace, uh, I think is a happy marriage. So then how do you respond to say the old school types who they know that the millennials are coming up, but they look at them with a, a little bit of distrust and say these younger workers, these millennials, they're, they're spoiled, they're brats. They expect everybody to, uh, to do everything for them. But at the same time, you're saying that to, uh, to some degree, the leader of any organization, you should be aware of that. You should just be able to roll with people's personality and their, their character traits and just know that we're living in a different time now. Yeah, sometimes it's going against the grain. It's very counterintuitive for a lot of uh, people in leadership roles to uh, you know, aspire to, to do that. For those people, I'm not saying that it doesn't work for them. It just takes a little bit of stretching and courage to, yeah. to be able to, you know, to, to, to shift your thinking and your behaviors like that. I think that it would, it would work best for, say, a startup organization that mm-hmm. already has people that believe in those principles to say, hey, no, we, wanna, we want our culture to become a servant-led culture because you have to have champions at the top that believe in these principles in the first place. And, and as, you were, as you were just sort of hinting at there, <clears throat> excuse me, there have been numerous uh, studies and surveys that, that indicate that happier employees are, are better employees. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why over the past couple of decades, you have seen, you know, you, you have seen a lot of organizations moving towards whether it be, uh, you know, ping pong tables in the office or, or nap pods or more family leave time, more vacation time, allowing people to work from home if they're able to. This, this all sort of speaks to what you're getting at here, where if you have happy employees, they're probably likely to be productive employees. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, ping pong tables and free coffee only go as 
as far as it can. <laughs> right. Um, millennials, and this is not just millennials, but I think any worker across the board, you have to appeal to them on an emotional level, Brian. So it's it's really giving them purpose and meaning. They want to get up in the morning right. to have that and, and uh, come in and, and have that kind of purpose that uh, appeals to them from the neck up. And that's how you're going to engage those people at the highest level. You're listening to Chattanooga Business Radio. Brian Joyce, that is my name, and we're broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center in downtown Chattanooga. And my guest here is Marcel Schwantes, and Marcel is the managing principal of Leadership from the Core, which is based right here in Chattanooga. Now, Marcel, some of your articles and presentations refer to the fact that everybody, you believe, is capable of the core activities of servant leadership. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? What are some of the behaviors that set servant leaders apart from others. Yeah, I mentioned earlier the uh, uh, the fact that uh, great servant leaders and even uh, level five leaders in the Jim Collins study uh, require a, a, a great amount of humility, right? And I say that uh, because it, right off the bat, you're eliminating a lot of people who say, "I just that just doesn't. It's just not me." It, again, it's 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 counterintuitive to to be able to lead by being humble. It's not it's not uh, a household business term, right? Uh, but that's one of the things that will knock off a lot of people. You have to you have to have the humility uh, mindset to be able to serve others well. And the misconception is that well, that means I'm a doormat. No, 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 no. In fact, when you're a humble, uh, you have great listening skills because you're trying to gather the perspectives of. Uh, various people from, uh, you know, across the board, age groups, genders, mm-hmm. et cetera, because you're trying to build community. And that's one of the strengths of the servant leader is, is they have that skill of they can bring people together and, uh, and, and get various, uh, um, various opinions and perspectives and, and, and ideas for mm-hmm. cross-pollination, really. Um, another few other behaviors is that they share leadership. What that means is that um, they let others own the decision-making process. So it's not, it's not just about them. Um, they're willing to give away authority or push authority down. Yeah. This is a great engagement uh, tactic to uh, allow for other people to take, take the helmet you know, and, and learn how to lead as well. Another is that they display authenticity. Basically what that means is you know, they show up with honesty at all times. They speak truth. Um, they are not go back to listening skills again. They are great listeners. They listen intuitively to understand how to meet the needs of the other side, uh, other side of the table. So a couple of others that are really integral for a servant leader is that they provide leadership. And now this is the one that, you know, it's, it's the, the, the hard skill side of servant leadership. You have the soft skill side, but you also need the hard skill side. This is about meeting goals. And it's about uh, uh, driving results, right? And uh, and so sort of the 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 meat in the in the meat and potatoes conversation. That's the meat of yeah. the servant leader, right? They still need to to um, they aspire to uh, create results and have profitable companies. So you have to have that there as well. Well, you know, it's interesting to me again these concepts you're talking about of communication and honesty, and and I do not have nearly the experience and the expertise on this that you do. But I've worked in a lot of different industries over the course of my life, and I have always said this. I have said this my my entire adult working life that the one quality <clears throat> that I look for in in a good boss and a good leader is communication. And bear in mind, you know, when you talk about uh, you were saying this, this does not necessarily mean. You need to be a doormat that uh, your employees will just walk right over. 
I have worked for some really tough, some might say mean people, but as long as they communicate the expectations very clearly and they're very open and honest about it, I can work for people like that all day long because I know what's expected of me. And so if I'm, if I'm not fulfilling my duties the way they expected, at least uh, there's no miscommunication there. And right. so that, that's sort of a big part of it, I think. Yeah. In, in a lot of our exit, uh, exit interviews and assessments, that, com- that floats to the top a lot. It's just, uh, you know, my managers and my, or my leadership team, they don't, they don't uh, communicate expectations clearly. We don't, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Right. You know, right. part of all, all that. So that, that speaks to uh, what you're saying. And the servant leader is, is, um, is very affirming in moving, moving the, the mission forward by letting everyone know what's going on on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. The communication is a, a really strong uh, skill of the servant leader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once again, you're listening to Chattanooga Business Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center in downtown Chattanooga. My name is Brian Joyce, and my guest here is Marcel Schwantes. Marcel is the managing principal of an organization right here in Chattanooga, which is called Leadership from the Core, and that's an organization that provides leadership training. Uh, Marcel, the principles of servant leadership, uh, again, getting back to the millennials, you were pointing out that these these principles of what you call servant leadership, they, they really do resonate with millennials. Now, what is appealing and how might uh, this willingness to adopt servant leadership principles help local companies to attract more millennials. Servant leaders are prolific at coaching and mentoring, and that is, in according to the uh, the, the research, millennials are seeking leaders that will will uh, coach and mentor them in the workplace. Because uh, uh, millennials, especially the millennials that are the type of millennials that want to move up in their companies and they want to succeed, they are looking for that environment, the experiential environment where. Um, you know, leaders will allow them to, uh, to stretch themselves and uh, to have different opportunities to learn and grow. So that's, that's very key for millennials. Millennials are also very social creatures. And so they are looking for a, uh, a place to, you know, they, they seek leaders that almost lead by storytelling, is, as, as, as the saying goes with uh, Simon Sinek's book, you know. Um, and millennials are, are very relationship-oriented as well. So the collaboration piece is key in attracting millennials is also retaining millennials. They love an atmosphere where they, they collaborate with the diversity of, of ideas. Uh, and the servant leader will bring all that together. And I mentioned building community. This is very key for collaboration. You want to foster that environment where everybody is chipped in, chipping in and everybody's opinions are being heard and ideas are flowing. When you do meet uh, with business leaders, how do you convince these people? How do you make the case to whether it be executives, HR people, et cetera? How do you convince them that servant leadership is the way to go? And specifically, how do you convince them that this will be good for your bottom line? Because at the end of the day, that's what any good businessman is concerned about. And uh, sort of going back to the beginning of our conversation, especially when you're dealing with maybe uh, some women and men who come from the old school, and this is this is not their way of doing things. How do you convince them that this is the way to go, and this will be good for your bottom line? Yeah, I think that there are so many, Brian, so many business cases for it. One that comes to mind right away is the story of the Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. They were literally in the tank back in 2007, and they brought in the CEO, Cheryl Batchelder, and she turned turned around that whole organization by... Putting the spotlight back on the, p- the people that 
that they serve. Well, in a restaurant chain, who are the who are the the, the people that they serve? Well, the restaurant uh, franchisees are the ones that they put mm -hmm. the spotlight on, and so they uh, their mode of operation became a, a, a servant leadership culture by giving the franchise owners all the opportunity they needed to succeed you know, in their chains. Through that model, they turned around the company. Now it's one of the most profitable restaurant chains around. And Cheryl Batchelder attributes the turnaround to servant leadership. And that's a, a great, a great uh, uh, case study. And she even wrote a book about it called Dare to Serve, if you want to look it up on Amazon, Dare to Serve by Cheryl Batchelder. But I can't think of a, uh, a a bigger case for you know how to translate that to the bottom line. Another another study that came out a few years ago uh, came out in a book called "The Seven Pillars of Servant Leadership" by James Sipe and Don Frick. They studied they uh, through ten years. They did a study on servant led companies, and what they found is that they actually outperformed both the S and P five hundred companies financially per financial performance. But they also outperformed Jim Collins' good to great companies mm. in their research studies. And yeah. some of those companies in, the, in their study were um, Southwest Airlines, mm -hmm. uh, Men's Warehouse, and Service Masters. And, uh, and so that's another example of if I'm having a conversation with, uh, with a CEO, you know, I'll, I'll bring out the studies and say, well, you know, it, it worked for these companies, and these are Fortune 500 companies that could work for you as well. Talking here once again with Marcel Schwantes, and Marcel is the managing principal of Leadership from, from the Core. That's an organization right here in Chattanooga that provides leadership training, uh, specifically servant leadership. Now, Marcel, just to get back into uh, your history and your background, um, how did you become interested in this, this, this conversation of servant leadership? Uh, what is your mission? What is your purpose for doing this? And what is the mission of your company? I think after about 20 years of um, working not only for executives, but also having a, a front row seat in executive teams in previous companies, I realized that something was missing. And then I ran into an executive who I reported to that uh, engaged me in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that I had never experienced before. You'll actually hear the story in my two and a half minute company video on my website. And his name was Bruce. And Bruce was unlike any other uh, leader that I, uh, I reported to. He was always listening to me. He was always having meetings, communicating well. He just uh, equipped me to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, his best interest was for me to have the tools I needed, the resources I needed, always checking in with me constantly. Um, and I didn't have a label for what kind of leader he was at that time. Right. And then as I progressed through my career, et cetera, I realized Bruce was a servant leader because his, mm -hmm. his behaviors were exactly what the researchers saying. These are the leaders that work well. And isn't it always amazing, uh, no matter how many years you've been in this, no matter how many decades, I find this to be true about myself. You always remember those one or two bosses who, who, who have that place in yeah. your heart, you know? And, uh, for me, I remember when I was in college, uh, just my part-time summer job, uh, the manager that I had working this part-time summer job when I was a sophomore, junior in college, to this day, I still consider Jim to be one of the top one or two managers I ever had. You know, here we right. are 20 years later. I still remember the qualities that he brought to the table and why that made him a very good leader. If we can repl replicate both your boss and my boss in that back in those days, we would have a lot lower turnover in companies. Yeah. We have We would solve the issue of low employee engagement across the country that Gallup has been saying 
uh, because these this is these are the reasons that servant leaders uh, exist. O obviously, is to make sure that your company succeeds. You're not forsaking the bottom line, but you're you're uh, putting the focus on developing your people and mentoring your people and making sure they succeed because that translates to better better customer service and et cetera. But also to go back to the point of, of the bottom line here, you know, you talk about uh, turnover. Mm -hmm. uh, unhappy employees, you're, you're likely to have a lot more turnover within the company. And of course, turnover means more money spent. It's more money spent training up new employees, more, more time wasted uh, training up new employees. If you, if you have happy employees who know what they're doing and are confident in their in their company's leadership, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, in a Gallup study that they did with uh, employee turnover across the board, they attribute about 80% of all of the reasons that people quit goes right. right back to the direct manager. Yeah, yeah, which just means more money spent on training. Yeah. You're listening to Chattanooga Business Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center, downtown Chattanooga, and my guest here is Marcel Schwantes. Marcel, once again, is the managing principal of Leadership from the Core. That's an organization right here in Chattanooga that provides leadership training. Marcel, last question here. Let's also get back into uh, what's going on here on the ground in Chattanooga, your company, Leadership from the Core. Recently, you were in the spotlight as one of only 12 startup companies in Chattanooga that got to participate in CoLab's uh, Accelerator program. You pitched in front of investors and the media uh, over at the new Innovation District. Tell us about your need for investors and what's next for leadership from the core. Yeah, we realized that in order to scale, we have to leverage e-learning. And uh, in the, the, the research out there is saying that last year, at least, one out of five working professionals actually utilized a, a, an e-learning platform, an LMS-type platform. And we're not talking academia. We're actually talking uh, you know, people in, in, in corporate America. And, uh, and so we want to leverage the technology of an of a LMS or an e-learning um, platform to be able to take our secret sauce, if you will, and all of our methodology and put it into a, a, an e-learning format to be able to now take our training to anybody at the click of a you know, mouse and be able to access it on any tablet device, uh, wireless device. And, uh, and so we are in the process of we've already identified uh, providers for our platform. We are looking for funding from an investor group that can come in and partner with us to get us to the next stage. Uh, we have a lot of content that we need to develop and we have a lot of marketing to, uh, to get that content out uh, for, for people to know, you know, how to find it. So that's our, our need for angel investors, at least for the first phase of funding is what we're looking for. Once again, folks, you've been listening to Chattanooga Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center and Marcel Schwantes, Managing Principal of Leadership from the Core. It's been a pleasure. It's been a great conversation talking to you. Now, any potential clients who are listening to this show right now who might want to reach out to you and learn more about what you're doing at Leadership from the Core, certainly learn uh, a lot more about servant leadership. I know you have a website, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Twitter. Uh, go ahead, give any information out that you would like to give. Yeah, I think the best place to find me would, would go to be on the website, leadershipfromthecore.com, and then you will uh, we'll get you in the right place there. Uh, but feel free to touch base with me on LinkedIn as well, Marcel Schwantes, and on Twitter, at Marcel Schwantes. There we go. Marcel, I appreciate the time. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you. Once again, folks, Chattanooga Business Radio broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center. And you can check out Marcel Schwantes at www.leadershipfromthecore.com. My name is Brian Joyce, and I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time.